engagement in action. They went into the school saying, okay, we're trainee clinical psychologists, what are your needs? Discovering the relationships between Rhodes University and the communities that surround it. How can we engage here so that when we leave, people are A, better off, but B, that things will go on without us. This time, Professor Jackie Ackhurst. Professor of Community Psychology. I lecture right from undergrad through honours, masters and have PhD students. I was recruited here for the department's community engagement initiatives to lead those. I coordinate at the moment the masters in counselling psychology. But I run modules in community psychology at undergraduate level third year, um, at honours level and at masters level. The interviewer is Jane Morgan. What I'd like to do is start off and just ask what community engagement means as far as you're concerned. What is it that you're really trying to do here? For me, community engagement is very much about translating the ideas of the academy into usable um, practice in a community setting. And by community, I don't mean only... Uh, people who've been marginalised or oppressed or impoverished. Community means engaging with people, whatever the grouping is. Um, So it could be in the community here on the university campus as much as it is in the community outside of the university walls. Um, Very much about building partnerships so that the students themselves can learn to work with different groups of people in different settings appropriately. And in my opinion, it it really brings the theory to life because they need to see what theory is helpful, what they've learned, what skills they have that they can transfer into that work. Um, But also they need to engage in ways that are respectful and build partnerships because that challenges what they learn here at the university and makes them rethink their learning. So it really deepens their learning. So I see it as an intrinsic and very important part of the students' engagement. In principle, it sounds totally understandable, you know, must particularly with a subject like psychology it, it has to be valuable in it to be to be actually out in the world doing yes. something rather than sitting in a lecture theater um, but how do you actually make that work in practice and and can you give me some examples of of that sure um i i'll start with examples from the master's level but i also have examples at honors level and even with our undergraduates At the master's level, um, the psychology trainees, people who are going to become psychologists, as a core module, they all study, whether counselling or clinical psychology trainees, they all study community psychology. Um, And the reason they do that is because we realise that psychology is only reaching a small minority of the South African population. So how can we broaden its reach? How can we, in the words of some other folk, give psychology away so that the valuable learnings that we've gained from psychological research can be translated somehow into practice? So this year we've had six pairs of master's students go out into a variety of different settings in the Grahamstown area. Um, The one that comes to mind is a pair of students who went into 
um, Amasango Career School, where many of the the learners have um, themselves been excluded because of learning difficulties and for other reasons. Um, so they're very marginalized, and the school itself is in a, a rather impoverished state. And they went into the school and negotiated, first of all, with the staff members and then with the learners, saying, okay, we're trainee clinical psychologists. What are your needs? And Whereas the staff initially thought that their needs were to have individual assessments, um, the students were saying, well, that's not in our ambit. We need to work with groups. We need to think about how we can translate our psychological skills into practice. And what they negotiated was to do a series of workshops on substance abuse and on bullying and on sexuality with groups of the learners. Um, and they first of all negotiated with the staff members, and then they went into the class groups and negotiated with the learners around what they wanted to find out about and how they wanted to engage, and then ran these workshops with the learners. So that would be an example of one of the projects. Um, another pair went into Elikolweni, the children's shelter, and worked there in a similar way, initially um, negotiating with the staff but working with the boys around some of the issues that were challenging the boys um, in living together. Um, issues like bullying came up. Again, substance abuse was an issue um, that they needed to, to tackle and so ran workshops with, with those youngsters. This different project that actually um, works with layers of students is a project in Jawsa at the Jawsa Youth Hub where we've started um, a peer counselling service which is run by our third years who've been trained in basic counselling skills but where our master's students need to supervise those students in the work that they do. So the third years go into the Jawsa Youth Hub, um, groups of them two to three times a week and um, are available to do individual counselling. And then our master's students basically um, meet with those students on a weekly basis um, to talk about what they've encountered and to debrief and help them with the, the counselling, the peer counselling that they're offering. What do you think the biggest challenges are for students going into the community? The, one of the obvious ones is the language barriers that they find in some places. So we do try to make sure that, for example, where these pairs of students go into a community setting, that at least one of the pair can speak um, in the first language of the participants. Um, so that's an, an obvious challenge that they mention. But I think that it's it's a challenge of working with people largely, and this is true across the South African population, of thinking that psychology is something for a consulting room similar to going to a doctor. And so there's a sense that you have skills and that somehow you're going to solve my problems or you're going to give me some sort of prescription and it will, you know, one-off thing. And so one of the challenges they face is to really spend time working through with people what realistic expectations they can have of what the students can provide. But also the students need to be clear that they too are learning so that they're going on a journey together. And so I think that this power dynamic uh, between the expectations of community partners and the students' um, positionings um, is a really tricky one that the students need to negotiate. And they talk a lot about the process they need to go through to scaffold that shift from 
uh, a sense that they may be coming with particular expertise. And of course, they do have some expertise, but they want to use that expertise differently in order that the people with whom they work themselves feel as if they can gain agency, that they can be more active in whatever initiatives they want to do, that it doesn't become dependent on the psychology student or trainee being present. So there's always the sense of how can we engage here so that when we leave, people are A, better off in some way, but B, that things will go on without us. I wanted to ask you about that because uh, I suppose some people might say that you know, there's a potential for using the Greater Grahamstown community as a, as a laboratory. And that, particularly with something like psychology, it's possible to go in, if you're unskilled, to, to do some damage and disappear. How do you guard against that? And also, generally, is there an answer, a general answer, to the, well, really what you're doing is, is just sort of, of using, using a community for, for ultimately the student's benefit rather than the community benefit? Absolutely. I think that those are really valid concerns and they're concerns particularly early in the service learning literature which is a part of community engagement. There is a sense that too much has been determined by the university and that the voices of partner organisations and partners have been very muted or not present or neglected in the whole process. We try the first thing we do is we only go into a setting when we've had an invitation from the people in the setting. So I think that that immediately then shifts the power dynamic somewhat, that we, we wait for organisations to approach us, us, or, you know, it may very well be that through my own engagement in various fora that people meet and then we talk about what might be possible, but it, we always wait for the invitation first to come from the, the community partners, um, and then really to work with the students all the time on what the engagement is about. So the students themselves, the master's students meet each week, they have uh, a peer group supervision, they come and talk with me also about what they're doing, um, but it's, there's very much a sense that it, it really needs to be worthwhile, that it's not about the community settings feeling in any way used. There, there really is a sense of us wanting to hear how people are benefiting and if they're benefiting to find out the details of that. And I guess that's where research comes in, is really to try and gain from our community partners a sense of, of what it is that the students might bring. And um, I think w what I've been reassured about is that we've often had repeat invitations when we've had a pair of students and another invitation comes. So um, there, there really is a sense that where we've engaged in an active way where people feel respected um, and that their voices are heard and that our students have worked in a, a respectful, person-centred way with them, that they really want to have further engagement. So then just going back to the students for a second, what kinds of things do they end up saying once they've been through this process? What do they say that they feel they've gained? This recording comes at a very timely moment because we had a joint workshop on Friday where the students were reflecting R12 along with eight, sorry, from the University of Fortier got together in a symposium to reflect on their learnings. And I think um, what they 
gained, if I were to give an overview, it seemed to me that they saw how psychology could move out of the uh, consultation room. That uh, one of the students said, when I was faced with my community project and he and his partner were working in a school with the staff, where there's a lot of conflict on the staff, he said, when I, when I was first faced with that, I was terrified because I didn't know whether I had enough knowledge or skills to be able to deal with such difficult issues. But when we actually went into the school, when we engaged with a series of workshops with the staff, I realized that it's about the relationships that we build and particularly just giving people a place where they can talk and offload and the listening skills that we provided that were really helpful. Um, some of the other students said that um, what they'd realized was that they could move from the consultation room idea to a different setting and really to be able to relate to a group of people using their basic psychological skills, but really journeying together so that everybody learned as they journeyed together. So their facilitation skills developed enormously through the, the community project itself. Um, there is no doubt that at times they face very difficult challenges. And I'm trying to remember the quote that one of the students used at the end. She said, um, initially it takes a great deal of patience to set up the entry and what we're going to do, that the negotiations take much longer than one expects. So at the beginning, you need a whole lot of perseverance. Um, through the process, you're always going to encounter difficulties that are unexpected, so you need to be very flexible. It's never going to work out how you expect it to. But at the end, it's really incredibly rewarding and inspiring to have engaged with the community in that way. And I think that that was, most people were saying, yes, that's exactly what, what we experienced. So it really is a sense of realizing that they need to rethink their psychological knowledge and often translate it into everyday language that people can understand what it's about. And just that process enables them to better understand their psychological theory and practice and to translate it into something usable. What do you think is the difference between your students that have been through that process and had this extra dimension and perhaps a student that hasn't had that widening of their sort of experience and knowledge? What do you think our students have that perhaps the others don't? I think it's a variety of things. Um, I think certainly having had the experience makes them less anxious about thinking about going into different settings. And um, there is always a hope in psychology that even if people end up running an individual psychology practice, that they will spend 10% of their time doing pro bono work, um, working in other settings where people can't afford services. So I think it may very well inspire that sort of work, work with NGOs, so being willing and able to engage more flexibly, to go into settings where they don't know what's going to emerge and to feel okay about using their skills to engage in communication to see what can be worked out jointly. So I think that that sense of not always needing to be the expert, but rather to go in curiously and respectfully using their relational skills 
to then develop partnerships so that one can go forward together rather than in and out sort of consultation. So I think it's a combination of all of those things, but also just a passion for community-based work. A number of them shift the focus of where they want to work as a result of having done these projects. The work that's being done, um, we can see that it has a, a, a lot of student benefit and we hope a lot of community benefit. But you are operating in a, in a university environment um, and you know the, one of the core functions of a university is research and the furthering of knowledge. How does this kind of community engagement translate to research? For me, fortunately, it, I've been able to link it in really well. Um, and that is because, surprisingly, when I went into the literature, I was expecting to find an enormous body of literature about um, this sort of community engagement. Um, the more specific term for it in the US is service learning. But in South Africa, there is very little written about it, even though it's a core part of our higher education policy. And so there is a big gap of really reporting on this for our colleagues. How does it pan out in psychology or in pharmacy or in the sciences or anywhere else. Um, so there's, there's a very real need for us to be much more actively gathering data, gathering accounts of experiences of students, but particularly of community partners and of working with the three-way partnership of the academic, the student and the community partner together. Um, and so I've been developing um, a body of research around this through um, six, over successive years, keeping focus group interviews and having other interviews both with students and also with community partners in order to really start developing the database for us to be publishing around this. And certainly um, we're picking up some momentum around that. Um, but it, it, it's really important that we gather this evidence. And the questions you ask, for example, about the longer-term effects really still need to be investigated. So that would be something that, that needs to be taken forward, is to go into some of these community organizations where there's perhaps been engagement over a five-year period, and really to do the monitoring and evaluation research uh, that's necessary. Is there a possibility that roads will develop some kind of community engagement model that might then get replicated around the country or around the world? Because it is a slightly different approach than, say, in other institutions. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I've realised, and I've been at Rhodes now two and a half years, um, is that there is much more centralized support. There's the realization that community engagement can be integrated into the teaching programs, integrated into research, so that it's not seen as a sideline or an add-on. I know that in other places, community engagement uh, project is often done by a junior member of staff um, and perhaps not given the time or the resources um, that it needs because it does require a lot of time and it also re requires other resources, um, transport for students, um, admin support and so on. And there's no doubt that because roads have invested um, very um, consciously and philosophically in this model of community engagement, there, there really is a sense that, that I think um, we're, we can lead the field in, in this in South Africa. To hear other podcasts in this series, search for Engagement in Action on iTunes or go to ru.ac.za forward slash community engagement.